Good morning and welcome. Happy Hump Day, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. The website, at allamericangold.com, where we, we keep you in the know and comfortably disturbed and and get you all that information, make it part of your daily routine. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there's no way in an hour-long program that we can cover even a third of the stuff uh, that's out there every day at allamericangold.com. Uh, it's a great resource. Of course, you can order products from there. You can uh, check out our metals program. You can get for our IRA information and all that as well. And I got to tell you, it's been a tough 24 hours. Yeah, yesterday was it? Yes, I'm trying to. I got to think in my head here. Monday, I'm sorry, Monday evening, my car overheated. Of course, you know, and it's the valley of the sun, and, you know, the ACs work overtime. One of the, the fans, the cooling fans on my Buick stopped working while I was in the parking lot uh, running the AC, waiting for my son to finish getting, you know, have uh, finish uh, his workout. And, of course, the... Uh, we had to call the tow truck, and my son had to come and get me, and and the car got went into the shop yesterday, and so yesterday morning my wife drove me to work, you know, because that's what you do. And <laughs> so yesterday afternoon I called her up and said, hey, uh, when do you think uh, you're going to have to come and get me? Because I knew that she had things that she needed to do, and so she... She got me, it was probably like 2.30. And as we get in the car, we pull out of the parking lot, I'm like, uh, we're going to turn the AC on? You know, because it's like 104 degrees outside. And she goes, don't touch it. She goes, the, the battery light's on, and I don't want the car to die, and this and that. And whether or not that helps or doesn't help, I was not going to touch it, because I'm afraid of my wife when she's telling me that, I was not supposed to touch something, so I didn't. We drove home, and we got home, and the dealer or the uh, place, the mechanic place that was fixing my car called and said, you know, we may not be able to get it done until tomorrow. And I'm like, great. They said, because what our plan was going to be was drive, you know, drive the, her car there, pick up my car. At least we'd still have a car. That doesn't work. My son, uh, my older son, who has a car, is nowhere to be found, of course. And my younger son has to get picked up from football practice. So I say, ah, I'm going to risk it. And I get in her car, and, of course, I make it there, and I pick him up. And, I mean, we barely got into the driveway. Every The battery light was on. Every light in the car was on. And, and I said to my younger son, I said, that's, that was the last start this car had. And, and of course, sure enough, I we pulled into the driveway. I shut it off. I tried to turn it on dead as a doornail. And people know batteries in Arizona are, you, you get, you know, if you get more than a year and a half, you're lucky. But this battery's well, it's only three months old. 
So now they're thinking it's the alternator. But long story short, I get in the house, tell my wife, hey, you're going to have to call the tow truck because your car ain't going anywhere. Now we're down to no cars. Then the place where my car was at called and said my car was ready. So we, we ended up with a car. And now her car is over at the shop. And we were able, I guess, you know, the funny thing is, is we both took a lift yesterday. She took a lift to go get my car. And then this morning, she did not want to get up at 5 a.m. to take me to work. Uh, so I took a lift here, you know, Lyft, Uber. And I'm shocked when I, you know, I ordered it. You know, you order, you get on your phone. And I can see the phone tells me that it's some guy in a BMW is going to be picking me up. And I, and I don't mean to laugh. It's just, you know, it's a pretty expensive car to be, you know, chauffeuring people around. But I don't, you know, I'm not. Don't want to make any, you know, pry into people's business. And I get in the lift, and it was fine. And he took me to work, and and it was a very. And, and I again, I'm going to say this. I don't know for a fact, but I would like to believe. And, and sometimes my wife will argue uh, to the contrary, but I like to believe that I have what I call high emotional intelligence. You know that my I have the ability to to pick up on the nonverbal cues and, and read the situation. Uh, the guy was clearly in his mid-50s. And at one point, because he was telling me he used to live where I lived and up in a Toll Brother home, and for those of you who don't, maybe you don't have Toll Brother in your, Toll Brother's like an expensive home builder, right? They, they start uh, houses out at like 800 grand, you know, to and up. And my assumption was, uh, he's just like the people I talk about on the air. Got laid off in his mid-50s. Nobody wants to hire him, and he's run out of unemployment benefits, and now he drives people around in, in his, his Beamer. Uh, so, you know, I don't know. It just goes to show you, right? It, it It's happening, uh, and, and yet we've got the, I think they said yesterday, the most jobs, open on record and then at the same time uh there's there is another article in business week saying teens are having a hard time finding summer work we're going to talk about that what happened to oil today what happened with iran and what that means for all of us when we get back 800-951-0592 in case you missed it we have pulled out of the Iranian nuclear deal. Uh, President Trump today, or I guess yesterday, uh, said, hey, you know what, Let, let's let's stop pretending that there is a deal. Let's stop pretending that Iran is actually following uh, the deal itself, and let's just pull out altogether. Uh, sanctions are coming, and it's got crude oil prices. Now, crude oil now over $71 uh, to the barrel, and I'm thinking, you know what? And that, that was the other thing. As I was driving in this Beamer today, you know, gas prices here now two eighty six, and I just happened to see unleaded gas futures uh, jumped another six or seven cents this morning. Uh, so we're going to be we're going to be hitting the three dollar uh, price target any day now. And and you know, the funny thing is, is 
We don't buy any oil from Iran. But here's who does. China is the biggest buyer. 650, uh, what is that, I don't know, 650,000 barrels a day, almost, you know, almost three quarters of a million barrels of oil a day from Iran. India's next, right? And they're, they're at uh, over 400,000 barrels a day. These are all, so just keep, the numbers that I'll give you, they're all daily. So, you know, think about, Six hundred and fifty billion a day for China, you know, over you know, almost four hundred and fifty billion a day for India. And then uh who's next here? I I gotta pull it up. I'm a little behind here. There we go. Oh. It says Korea. Now I don't know if it's North Korea, South Korea, uh but they're 300,000 barrels a day. I'm sorry, India's 500,000 barrels a day. Turkey, Italy, Japan, Spain, France, Greece, and, and you know, when you add it all up, I mean, you're, you're about 2 million barrels of crude oil a day coming out of Iran. So we'll have to wait and see. I think most people... Are, are hoping that uh, they get sanctioned on everything but crude oil, which, in, in my opinion, kind of defeats the whole purpose, right? Because, I mean, what else do they do there? Uh, so that had crude oil rising, and then we had oil inventory reports uh, this morning. We had a big draw, uh, all and distillates, gasoline, and crude oil here in the U.S. draw down of stockpiles, uh, which is adding more fuel to the fire, uh, so if you're noticing gas prices have been rising, they're not done yet. And then we had, uh, talking about uh, employment, you know, and this has been really hard. You know, I, I use today as an example. And then I I take my, my oldest son, who graduates from high school here uh, in the next, what, not even 10 days? I didn't want to think about it. It's happening so fast. My mom's going to be here. My mom's flying out and, and all that stuff. And and he's going to work. And we were able to get him a job uh, through, you know, relatives, right? We've got a uh, Eric's daughter's husband runs a landscaping business. You've heard him talk about it when he's been on. Cody, Cody uh, is going to have Joey work for him. In the, over the summer and I was at football practice yesterday for my younger son and a couple of Joey's friends were there and they were all talking the same thing these are all seniors right they all want to make some money uh, to you know spending money walk around money maybe you know hopefully their parents are probably like hey have some money saved up for when you go to college and they were all asked you know what's joey doing and i was telling them like oh man i got i can't find a job you know the the uh the one thing that they all said is you, you know what the only jobs they can really readily get were busboy or working at chipotle or mcdonald's that was what they were telling me. 
And then, of course, I was like, it's funny because the other day they said, hey, it's the biggest jobs openings ever. I don't disagree. I, I think that could be true. I really do. I think there's a lot of people out there that are looking for workers. Problem is, they don't pay enough. And the, the hours are bad and the jobs are bad. But the, the, this article came out yesterday, uh, finding a summer job becoming increasingly difficult for teenagers. It's getting to the point that many aren't even looking for employment anymore, according to Challenger Gray in Christmas. Now, remember, they keep talking about uh, the... I'm drawing a blank now. The labor force participation rate being so low and how all these old people are retiring. And, of course, I'm telling you, they're not retiring. Matter of fact, we are at record levels of people over the age of 65 working. Just keep that in mind. Matter of fact, the only age segment where we have growth in the labor force 65 and older. The biggest reduction in the labor force, 25 to 54. Right behind that, that, according to Challenger Gray and Christmas, it's now spread to the teenagers. They say they, that teen hiring for the summer is expected to be flat to slightly lower. And it fell nearly 4% in 2017. So Challenger Gray and Christmas says, hey, it was down in 2017. And it looks like it's going to be at best flat, but more than likely slightly lower. Teen hiring is at the lowest level since 2015. The labor force partition, uh, participation rate measuring people from looking for work was at 34.8% last month. Wow. 34.8%, which historically, that's not that high. You know, I think a lot of people think that would be a super high number, 34%, but not really. That's because most people don't have a good job. I'm not shocked by that at all. Teens are facing many challenges. Challenges, excuse me. First, fewer jobs are available in sectors such as retail and fast food. Right, retail's dead. Right, we know that. Fast food, I think that's out there. I don't know. I think it is. Maybe Challenger Gray and Christmas says it's really not. Thousands of brick-and-mortar stores have been shutting in recent months. Older workers are now in direct competition with teens for the same job. There you go. Right, that Now, that makes sense. That I could believe. What do you want to do? Do you want to hire the, the, the 60-some, you know, uh, mid-50s to early to late 60s? Or do you want to hire the 18-year-olds? Right, I know what I do. I mean, right, <laughs> I don't want to give out ages, but everyone that works here is old. 
Research shows more than 60% of fast food workers between the ages of 20 to 54 60% of fast food workers are between the ages of 20 to 54, which I think that's high. I can understand 20, but mid-50s? Teens now account for less than 30% of the sector workforce. Why? Because the rest of the workforce is 55 and older. Teenagers are now, well, I guess like anything else, they're having a really hard time finding work. They're having a hard time being able to pay for school. Uh, this number just came out this morning. America's student loan problem just passed a new depressing milestone. Outstanding student loan debt just reached one point five. So it's been at $1.4 trillion. They don't update it every month. So my guess is by the end of the year, 1.7, 10 years ago, student loans was about $500 billion. In 10 years, we went from $500 billion to $1.5 trillion. And you start thinking about what that really means. You know, go 10 years before that. I don't even know if there really was student. I mean, I'm sure there was. But what was it? $70, billion, dollars maybe, in student loan debt 20 years ago? According to the latest report, student loan debt, which is now the second largest debt after mortgages, has definitely caused a shift in how, I guess, well, let's face it, people that attend college now uh, go out into uh, into the world, if you will, into society. Why do you think... The real reason why so many millennials that they they say and millennials, you know what I don't even know the age of what eighteen to thirty something, thirty four. Why so many live at home? This is why. Why is it that a city like Denver, less than fifty percent of the people own their home? Then you start thinking, I'm just saying, I'm just adding stuff up here. If in Denver, home prices between five hundred and seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, there's more homes for sale in Denver between five hundred thousand and seven hundred and fifty thousand than all the homes combined from zero to four hundred and ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars. And the people that are supposed to come up and buy these half-million-dollar-plus homes, now are saddled with $1.5 trillion worth of student loan debt. And you know they all got credit card debt, right? They probably 
some of them, if they're lucky, are able to at least have uh, some form of an auto loan, so they got that debt on top of it. Starting to make sense, isn't it? I mean, how far, how low is the home ownership rates going to go? I mean, really, home ownership rates and the labor force participation rate are almost going hand in hand. Then I saw some guy wrote an op-ed about how he's leaving Seattle. And he says that homelessness is everywhere. Right? We keep talking about it. All the cities that are quote-unquote booming, we all got the same problem, don't we? Homelessness, it's everywhere now. Right here in Phoenix and Denver, that's all. when I went up to the front range, that was all people wanted to talk about. Seattle and San Francisco, and it's just, it's incredible. Seattle, forget about 500,000. Homes in Seattle now, just the low-end home, 900,000. Don't worry. There's no bubble. It's all going to work out just fine. Victor Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative perspective since 1983, continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. And now, from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. The promoters of what is mistakenly called free trade often cite Ronald Reagan as authority, claiming he was a believer and advocate of free trade. That's not true. Reagan's economic and trade policies were grounded in the belief that his number one task was to win the Cold War and defeat the evil empire, so his trade policy was subordinated to that goal. Reagan's principal policy to bring about the Soviet Union collapse was his effort to try to spin the Soviet Union into the ground through an unprecedented American military buildup while denying the Soviets access to Western technology and capital that could have helped them militarily and economically. The Soviet economy was becoming less and less productive and lagged badly in the technologies that were so critical for military superiority. Reagan intensified the Soviet predicament in three ways. First, he imposed very tight Western restrictions on technology transfers to the Soviet bloc. Second, he blocked Soviet access to Western capital wherever he could. Third, and most important, he launched a big technology-led American military buildup with which the Soviet Union was unable to compete. Regrettably, our later presidents have not followed the Reagan policy in dealings with China, which is using the cash it gets from selling us cheap goods to build up the most modern and threatening military establishment in the world. Our government has done nothing to stop the export of our best technology to China, which regularly engages in predatory trade practices such as currency manipulation, government subsidies to Chinese manufacturers, allowing communist China to force American companies to give China their patents and trade secrets, dumping their products below cost, and outright theft of our patents and industrial know-how. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. For the U.S. economy to flourish, free enterprise needs to be rewarded. Competition and capitalism need to be encouraged. At phyllisschlafly.com, you'll find alerts and strategies for strengthening our economy and standing against socialism. That's phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. And so, you know, we talk about knowledge, understanding what is really happening, and then being able to prepare. Right? I mean, when, when I don't care if it's buying a car, sending your son to college, or your daughter to college, buying a home, maybe even getting credit cards, right? Well, it shouldn't be maybe. You should, right? Shop around. Right? You want to give me all the facts. Instead of uh, just buying whatever they throw out there, that's one of the reasons why we have, I got a, a, and I don't know everyone's retention rate, but the, you know, over 90% of our customers reorder, and they tell their friends too. Because you know why? They get the facts, and they know what it is that they're going to get, and they know that we're going to do exactly what we say we're going to do. And and the one thing that is so hard today, right, is nobody wants you to plan long-term anymore. I just told you student loan debt, $1.5 trillion, really, probably by the time they are, it's it's aged so quickly. Probably 1.6, we just don't know it yet. And they act like that's not going to have any effect on anybody. Are you kidding me? Then you think about the numbers that the Social Security and the Bureau of Labor Statistics announced earlier this week. The amount of people that now collect Social Security hit a new all-time record high, and it does it every day. But we are now ready to be the 20th largest population on Earth. Right? We just passed Italy as far as we've got more people on Social Security than Italy's got people. And we're getting ready by the end of the year. We'll take it out uh, the U.K. We'll take it out France. We're going to be in the top 20. And, and you, so you, you're like, well, let's, you know, let's start adding people up here. 62,233,678 people were on Social Security. And like I said, that number's already dated. There's almost 96 million people not in the labor force. Right? So 96. I'm just you know, trying to come up with a number, 62. That's 158 million people. That's half the population. Half the population is either collecting Social Security or they're of working age but not working. 
how do you think that's going to work? I mean, really, honestly. Do you really believe the idiots that par- they parade out on the TV and call it news? Here's how it, it breaks down, and, and this number's getting to the point where, again, this is why I tell you, we got less than 10 years. In March, which is the last time they have data, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there were 127,434,000 full-time workers. That's it. That's all there is, 127 million. That means there was only 2.05 full-time workers in this country for every person receiving a Social Security benefit. You know, it used to be 16 to 1, right? We're down to 2 to 1, and you know where it's going. Think about what General Motors talked about last week. Hey, guess what? Yeah, we're probably going to start getting rid of full-time workers. <laughs> Everybody's getting rid of full-time workers. You know, that that's the thing that I wish they would track. Wouldn't that be nice to know? Job openings are at all-time record highs. But what I'd like to know, what about full-time job openings? Are those at all-time record highs? Or are they at all-time record lows? I don't know. I'm just, I would like to know. Total employment in the U.S. So you take all of it, full-time, part-time, this time, that time, 155 million. That amounted to not even two and a half people working some type of job for every person collecting Social Security in the United States. And by the way, according to their data points, they're saying that the labor force participation rate is expected to keep falling for the next three decades. It just it doesn't work. The math doesn't work. I mean, that's all it is. It's not even complex math. Right? It, it, it's not the math that the Federal Reserve uses to tell you what the inflation rate is. Because nobody can figure out that math. <laughs> I don't even know if it's math, right? I, I don't know. I mean, it's got a bunch of symbols, not even numbers. The biggest thing when we talk about what it is you get ready for, is obvious. I don't know about a nuclear war or uh, the EMP, the pulse, the power grid, uh, the uh, triangle of death or whatever they call it, where the super volcanoes and all the earthquakes uh, that are, seem to be happening and everyone's talking about the big one or Yellowstone super volcano. I don't know anything about that. I mean, I know that, yeah, throughout history, that stuff happens. But what I do know is we sit here at $21.2 trillion worth of debt. Yeah, see how, I mean, we just hit 21. Now we're at 21.2. 
by the end of the year, you know where we're going to be. And now you start thinking about, wait a minute, $62 million. By the end of the year, we're going to be close to $64 million people on Social Security. We got two people working for every one person that collects a check. Let's do some math, right? I love it. Let's do some math. But I'm talking about, you know, fourth and fifth grade type math. We're going to do that when we come back. And then you explain to me how it's all going to work. Sometimes I feel like it's like romper room and she's got the, you know, she used to hold up the mirror and say, oh, and I see this person and this person and this one. And, and, and I sit there and I laugh and I see all these people, they write these articles about, oh, Social Security, it's fine. Or when they talk about it on TV, they misrepresent it so badly. Again, because they don't want you to prepare. Because if you knew the truth, we may actually want people to do something vastly different. It's not going to end well. So let me explain to you the basics of of math. Do you know what the highest you can pay in Social Security taxes? Most people don't. Because not all of it. If you make, uh, I think, uh, up to like a hundred and something thousand dollars, uh, you get taxed. And then once you get over that number, they stop taxing you. So like Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and all these other super mega rich guys, they don't pay every dollar like the guy that makes 50 grand. The guy that makes 50 grand, every paycheck, FICA is hitting them. But here's how it breaks down, in case, you know, sometimes you don't know. The total tax is 12.4%. That's what they like to call the payroll tax, the FICA. 10.03% of that goes to Social Security. The the rest of it goes to, I think, the rest of it, I think, it's Medicare. And it's up to, and here's the number, I didn't have it, but I do now, $128,400. That is what gets paid. So if, you know, you're you're thinking to yourself, okay, that's the maximum. After you, as soon as you break 128,400 bucks, there is no more FICA tax. You take, you know, the the math and you take 10% of that and you're left with not even $15,921.60. That would be the maximum. And I and I put that out there for one reason, and that's that's a self-employed. But it really doesn't matter because if if you're not self-employed, your employer's paying the other part. So either way, that's the maximum, and that's only for all the people making over 128k, which we know most people don't. So we know the number is far less than that. According to the Social Security's 
program's own account. Social Security taxes do not, again, do not cover the amount of people receiving Social Security benefits. The only reason that they pretend that they do is because the federal government borrowed money from the trust fund. <laughs> and so they, they can claim that Social Security is still solvent today. Now, the reason I bring that up, and I think most of you know that, there is no trust fund. There's nothing in it. It's all make-believe. They've been running a deficit since 2010. Yet I promise you right now, when you read the Social Security's report for 2017 or 2018, they'll tell you that they still were running a little surplus. Because of the interest payment that the government had to make on the money that it borrowed. Which, again, just means more debt. But it's one of the things that I thought was relevant is we've been running a deficit now. This is year eight. It's one of the reasons why they say when the trust fund goes broke, that they only can pay 75% of the benefit. You know, because what happened to 98% or 95%, right? I mean, that's kind of a big drop. And the reason why is because we're already running a deficit. There already isn't enough there. The only difference will be is the fake system that they created, the quote-unquote IOU trust fund, right, that'll run out of money. But it's already been out of money. So believe it or not, I mean, that's that's one of the things that, that makes me laugh. Why don't we just admit it? There is no trust fund. It doesn't exist. We spent the money, and we're running deficits right now. And the reason why they don't is because they already know what's going to happen, right? Which is we'd have to raise taxes. Nobody would have to pay for it. They just don't want to admit it. It doesn't change anything else, right? The debt's still going up by the same amount. That we're still going to run two trillion and three trillion dollar budget deficits. And I guess I don't know. In ten years from now, everyone's going to take a twenty-five percent haircut. I mean, what are the alternatives? We could go no haircut, right? Hey, we'll just keep going the way we're going. We'll just keep adding more and more onto the debt, right? That makes sense. That's been working. We've been doing it since 2010. We're running out of time. Now think about, too, the millennials. They got record levels of debt, and less and less of them are even in the workforce. The math just doesn't work. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. Final segment on a Wednesday. Here's some more elementary school math for you. 
the average person on Social Security collects about $1,275, right? You multiply that by 12, that's $15,300 a year. The maximum anybody can pay is 15900 in Social Security tax. And we know very, very few people pay that. How big and how bad is this problem really? Right, and again, they just cover it up with a bunch of, <laughs> I don't even know what to call them, I, phony IOUs, if anything. Well, I guess they're not phony. They're, they're uh, they, we spent the money. Non-marketable security, there is no money. The problem isn't getting better, right? And we can pretend about job openings being at all-time record highs. It's great. Unemployment at all-time record lows. They're part-time jobs. I mean, if if they said to, to me tomorrow, jobs paying one hundred and fifty thousand dollars or more at all-time record highs, that you know, you know, then you got something. It's not what's happened. It's why you need to get ready today. You know what? I, I probably I got sidetracked. I haven't talked about it. Yesterday we ran MS sixty-two Saints, and nobody bought. So I went back to to my guy because he couldn't believe it. He's like, what? You're kidding me. I have no raw saints available today. I now have no raw $10 libs available. All of the supply has gone. Well, gold's been just right, sitting right around thirteen $13.20 for the last week and a half or so. Silver supply's gone, gold supply's gone. So today he offered me a deal. I've got I've got fifty mint state sixty three saints. He told me, and this is the price that he gave me, it was an all time record low price above spot ever for a mint state sixty three saint. They're five dollars more than if you are buying a raw saint for me today. Fourteen hundred dollars can't do better than that. Uh, there's only fifty of them. I'm telling you right now, this is this is as good as it gets here in the gold markets. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Gold's done nothing today. It's unchanged. Thirteen hundred and fourteen dollars. Silver's higher today. Silver's up seven cents. By the way, I have no more backdate silver eagle. Well, I shouldn't say no more. I think Colorado. We've got about ten rolls in Colorado, and I think I've got seven rolls here of backdate uh, U.S. silver eagles. Uh, that three eighty-five, but that's it. That's all there is, and then everything else is going to be three ninety-five a roll. Uh, so MS sixty-three twenty-dollar liberties. 1400 bucks. If you're going to be around 10 years from today, man, you're going to be so happy you bought these. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back tomorrow.